fame jockey Gary Stevens. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and in the studio with me I have Dr. Abigail Kent from Peterson and Smith. And we have done uh, a segment talking a little bit about airway obstruction and kind of explaining why the airway is so important for the horse. Uh, we kind of want to move on in this segment and talk a little bit about diseases of the upper airway. Um, we did mention them in the last segment, but just a little more detail. Um, they can occur in the hard or soft palate, larynx, pharynx, nasal passages, and sinuses. Um, one of the um, standard procedures is to do an endoscopy of the upper airway. Uh, and actually, we have a photo. I think this is Dr. Mitz um, that's here doing an actual exam uh, and doing the endoscopy uh, procedure, as well as the um, device used uh, for that. And um, Dr. Kent, welcome back to the show. Lovely to have you with us. Um, Going to talk a little bit about diseases. This is sort of the exam process here. Um, what are some of the diseases that you see fairly commonly? Yeah, so um, I guess it definitely depends kind of on discipline, breed, and things like that. Um, but if like we're thinking about sport horses, a lot of them that they see you get in the race horses too is. Um, uh, left laryngeal hemiplegia, which is where the left arachnoid basically collapses down and occludes the half the airway. Um, and then another one is um, dorsally displaced soft palate, which um, where the soft palate goes over the epiglottis and kind of um, um, inhibits the horse expiring, so breathing out and um, uh, really slows them down. Um, and then you can get things like parasol instability. Um, or pharyngeal um, collapse or instability also um, and that's just around the pharynx there um, and then other things like entrapped epiglottis um, um, is you, you can either have like an ulcer on it or it can be smooth and they can sometimes be fairly tricky to treat um, um, but a lot of these do end up actually requiring surgeries these conditions Really, and what is the post-surgical uh, results are usually very good? Yeah, so um, it's very, very, some people think it's very surgeon dependent or maybe variable. Um, also, I think it's a lot better outcome, I think, for sport horses than race horses. I just think the airway um, and the turbulence and the airflow maybe just slightly, they need slightly less than the race horses. So um, they typically go back in about 80% of them to their uh, full potential and perform just as well. Um, but I think in um, race horses, sometimes it can be down like as low as 70% and like condition related. And um, the um, dorsally displaced soft palate, um, there's like things you can do that's conservative management to try and manage that first. So like tongue ties or changing a bit um, putting a figure of eight nose band on um, and I mean that probably might you might get what you need from your horse in about 50% of the time mm. um, and then um, then the then there are the surgeries also uh, any other diseases that you come across or even some rare things that you sometimes see yeah so like a retinoid chondritis or um, where the where you get epiglottitis which is where but either, either of those cartilages are affected, um, they can um, get inflamed and then they can get infected. And um, the retinoids, that could be like trauma, and no one really knows like what kind of trauma, but it can be things like 
um, maybe they got like sand or how they ate or something up there and it just rubbed the mucosa and then that mucosa led to infection getting into that chondroid and that's actually really hard to treat too and um, it can be diagnosed by scope or by um, and also with um, ultrasound like on the side of the neck um, but to treat that you kind of really have to take that retinoid out if it gets to a very um, uh, very severe stage or they might need a trait because it can get so big that um, they can't breathe um, so yeah so that they're kind of interesting ones um, things in like the nasal passages or sinuses so you can get like ethmoid hematomas or uh, masses like neoplasia and things like that um, they happen just more commonly in slightly older horses, um, so probably more likely to sport horses than the thoroughbreds. Um, and they just, you can typically feel them, or sometimes you can see facial deformity, like the skull can change shape. Really? Yeah, especially if it's something like a cyst in the sinus, like they, they're very, um, they can grow pretty uh, large and then they can deform the bone. Maybe may be evident then. Yeah, <laughs> and then the other way to do it sometimes is if you put your like hands up over the nostrils, like because um, the masses normally only affect one side is the airflow is just a lot less, a on, lot one less side, on one side so sometimes other. you can like really feel that that makes a difference now you mentioned the dynamic um, as opposed to the um, the still the standing so um, where you used to have to put a horse on a treadmill to try and replicate its exercise schedule so that you could see that exercise induced problem yeah and now you're able to do a, a dynamic actually go to the farm, farm and yeah yeah it's actually really um, it's great that we can do dynamic scopes so on the treadmill they're still good but you kind of have to train the horse to go on it and the rider can't be on there also so it's it, you don't get it it's not as real life um, but a lot of these conditions like a dorsally displaced soft palate like you can sometimes see that on a resting resting scope um, which is just a standing scope but it might not be clinically significant so you really want to see that see that happen and you want to see the horse slow down and you want to hear the noise um, and maybe they're just going to hit a brick wall and like stop working but you really want to see the significance of that and um, that is a lot better when you put them um, on the saddle when you have a saddle on you ride them and you just do what they normally do, what do. normally do for your yeah. routine schedule so you're really replicating the condition the horse is in when it has the symptoms yeah definitely and then um, another reason for that is like um, pole flexion so put like dressage horses when they really have to flex their head or when they're in harness um, and just even any rider interference so like if you're going to pull on the reins that can really affect um, the airflow and can affect um, upper airway obstruction so it can really um, make the obstruction worse and can highlight issues and obviously if you're just going to do it standing or even if you're just doing it on a treadmill you're going to miss that because the rider's not on there and and the head isn't flexed or they haven't got their reins in a certain way so. exactly yeah that makes total sense if the horse is in a certain frame when you're riding it that it wouldn't be in necessarily walking on a treadmill it might not show you exactly what the horse is doing in mm -hmm. its daily routine yeah so yeah that that makes absolute sense so that's wonderful that you can go out to the farm and actually get that yeah it's pretty cool like um, yeah we go to a lot of um, training tracks and then yeah we can go and we go to barrel horse places and then also um, the show jumpers they can go around they can even jump with it it's just basically um, attach their saddle and the scope goes down through their nose and it doesn't really affect how they work so um, you can really get a good scope and really um, a lot of information from it. You can actually see what's going on. Yeah. So we do, and also then you have a video that's like however long you were doing it for, 
and then we go back and slow it down and we can really like work out what's going wow. on. Wow. Yeah. That's you do awesome. sometimes really need to slow it down because it's like they breathe so fast that you're like, oh, I need to slow this down. You've got to slow it way down so you can actually see what's happening yeah. and then you can see the, yeah. the stages, the yeah. changes during yeah. exercise. That's really cool. Yeah. That's like awesome. <laughs> Anything else that you want to add to uh, to this segment about the, uh, you know, diseases and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, them. so just like um, deciding how to treat them is, is, it can be tough. Like I would pretty much recommend, if possible, conservative management first, but obviously being a surgeon, like we always do it. We, that's what I do, surgery. So um, we do have options out there, like even um, for, um, save and draft horses that they actually are prone to um, left laryngeal hemiplasia where that retinoid falls in and um, we now our clinic can do that procedure standing um, wow. um, we don't tend to do it in thoroughbreds just because of their temperament <laughs> but like um, and they're very and obviously thoroughbreds are pretty stable under anesthesia but these um, big horses um, the fact we can do it standing is 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 pretty great and um, so so like a big draft horse yeah big draft horses nice to not have to put one of those under yeah it takes a <laughs> fair bit of anesthesia yeah and it's just they're so big that you worry that they're never going to stand up so we try our hardest to try and do them standing and it and it has worked we've had very good outcomes with that so that's good and then with like things like dorsally displaced or palate those surgical options so doing a tenectomy so a Llewellyn procedure um, that's a pretty quick procedure and uh, pretty simple it's something like some of us can do on the farm even and just under a light anesthesia and they have like one dose and you cut the um, tendons and um, then then they recover but then you can also go into um, a tie forward um, and that is the success is just so variable that sometimes you need to actually end up trying both options wonderful well all good uh, all good sounds like uh, the outcomes are great and uh, sounds like you definitely have all of the uh, the steps to diagnosis completely mm -hmm. uh, uh, organized there that's wonderful so I want to thank you Dr. Abigail Kent again um, we've got some more topics coming up with her soon so uh, we're looking forward to having her back on the show stay with us on the horse talk show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital we'll be right back